Oh, the question is, are we so back, baby? Wisconsin basketball, you know, it uh, it stinks to come in here and start talking about a loser. When you got to talk some, uh, taking some L's, it's it's a bummer, you know. It actually sometimes makes the show go a little, uh, I wouldn't say smoother, but when things are going bad, there's a lot more to say, and a lot of people have opinions on a lot of things when things are going south. Well, how about this? Things... Didn't go south last night. It was probably one of the the longest minute of anyone's life there on Peacock with the Badgers with a minute left winning 60 to 56. 60 to 56. The final score would be 74 to 70. Uh, that was, again, the longest minute I think I've ever watched of basketball there on the cock. Now, if you're watching the cock, ladies, you got your... Uh, a long minute, okay? You promised a little more than uh, over-delivered right there. But starting at that minute mark, there was a certain individual taking a ball, dribbling it at the Wisconsin Motion W logo, and then pulling up. <laughs> Max Klesmit with the big old nothing-but-net swish, a clutch three. It is in his DNA. Isn't that nice when Klesmit is actually feeling himself, too? And not looking to pass and feeling that confidence. The Badgers, with that Klesmet clutch three, steal their victory again, 74 to 70 over the Maryland Terrapins. But that wasn't the only awesome play that had happened at the Kohl Center last night. To start the game early on in the first half, oh my goodness, AJ Store. Nasty dunk. Store just threw down. Wall picks off a pass. Store goes streaking down the court and throws down a vicious left-handed dunk. And it is just mm, amazing. I'm going to play it again. Here you go. Running hill. Three-quarter court. Now Store. Oh, he throws it down. Oh, my. No, that was on the cock. That was on Peacock. If you want to get really inspired, Matt LePay. Is there nothing better than Matt LePay? The dude is phenomenal. Take a listen to a much better call. Thank you, Peacock, for that, you know, somewhat tempered call. Let's go to the uh, Wisconsin Radio Network. Matt LePay. There's Young, right of the lane, pass deflected, stolen away wall. Here comes A.J. Storr, runway open, slammed up with the left hand for A.J. Storr. Oh, mercy. Are you kidding me? It must be nice Ooh. to be able to do that. There you go. There is Matt LePay. That dude uh, knows how to call a basketball game. And that A.J. Store dunk, right then and there, I know it was early in the game, super early in the game, super early in the first. I'm like, Badgers ain't losing this one, man. Especially with the clip that Big Ten teams have been winning at home and how the Badgers always dominate at the Kohl Center. The Badgers get back on the good foot, and we're feeling good again. Third place in the Big Ten as now you have a, a, a half game up here, uh, Northwestern, and then Michigan State is, uh, what, a game and a half back, or a game back, I should say. And by the way, the Wisconsin loss to Iowa might be looking a little better as Michigan State lost to Iowa. So Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes, now having a little uh, two-game winning streak here. They put back-to-back together as they took down 
Uh, the Hawkeyes. So you, I'm looking here around. The, sorry, one second. Here. I'm looking here around uh, Wisconsin and the Big Ten, and you're like, yes. Let's get this thing going. Let's get a little momentum going as we have, um, you know, some. It's almost March. It's February 21st. It's almost March. We got to be playing some better basketball, and what better way to start with the Maryland Terrapins? So, how are you feeling, Badger fans, over the Terrapins? This win. Uh, a lot of people unhappy on Twitter. Stop me if you've heard that before. Unhappy on social media. As they're like, we should have beat them by more. We should have done this by more. I think the Badgers uh, were favored by seven and a half going into that game. Obviously, only ended up winning by four. Now, Maryland, now with a minute left again, a minute left, the Badgers, Max Klesman hit that big three. And then through that next minute that took about a half an hour, 20 minutes, Maryland finally decided to start hitting some big-time shots and made that game uh, a little uncomfortable, close, obviously. Badgers were able to see it out, though. But what the hell happened in the last minute of that game? All of a sudden, Maryland's like, okay, let's uh, start draining some crazy threes. And they did just that. Again, Wisconsin hanging on. But another thing that Wisconsin did very well last night that we need to talk about is the free-throw shooting. Clutch free-throw shooting from the Badgers got it done for Bucky right there on the charity stripe. That is something they were struggling with, especially against that loss against Iowa. Hell, when Chucky Hepburn went up there to shoot those technical fouls after Freeman slammed the ball on the ground, was having a hissy fit, Chucky Hepburn steps up against the Hawkeyes and bricks not one but two free throws. Well, last night for the Badgers, really no bricks for them at all from the charity stripe. It was uh, nice to see as they shot 90.3%. 90.3%. You get the AJ Store dunk setting the tone. You got Max Klesmit with the clutch three, DN, uh, clutch three right there with the minute mark remaining. And then Tyler Wall filling up the stat sheet. Chucky Hepburn filling up the stat sheet as well. Wall had a nice game, dude. Right before that AJ Store dunk, Wall put a Maryland defender into not one but two spin cycles to get to the rim and lay it in. That was nice to see. Because Wall followed out before. Uh, I had a tweet. It was, uh, how do we go from being sixth in the nation to now unranked? You get the others receiving votes. It's just ebbs and flows, I guess, uh, of a season here. Greg Gard saying, no one's going to feel sorry for you, but they are a good team. I got comments from Gard we'll get to. But everyone feeling in that locker room and Gardo good, obviously, about the win over the Maryland Terrapins. A raucous rock and coal center. And let's see, who else on the list here? Steven Crowell, <laughs> he's had better games. Crow has been decent as of late. He's had better games. Going three of six, eight points. Was 100% from the charity stripe. Tyler Wall, the real big man last night. Chucky Hepburn just filling out that stat sheet. He was nice, hitting some nice three-pointers early on. And then how about the bench? John Blackwell was dominant, dude. Johnny Blackwell, this guy, this freshman, is going to be just awesome moving forward for the Badgers. Johnny Blackwell off the bench was just... mm, Gardo was even talking about it. He's like, don't even pay attention to his plus minus because what he did on the floor was absolutely amazing. You know, Nolan Winter getting a couple minutes. Uh, Marcus Silver getting some minutes. And for the Asijanites out there, you got Asijan getting some minutes. And you know who didn't? You know who didn't get any minutes? Carter Gilmore. That dude got absolutely buried on the bench. Carter Gilmore got buried on the bench, did not see him. And that was after seeing a lot of him against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now I know Tyler wall followed out uh, in overtime against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So you got more Gilmore, uh, Carter Gilmore minutes, but yeah, 
you didn't see him. Gardo buried him on the bench. It kind of felt good. That was nice. So thank you, Greg Gard. I tweeted it out after the Iowa game when Carter Gilmore did that heave-ho pass uh, from the baseline with about 1.3 seconds left for a a Hail Mary shot and just gave it right to Iowa. I tweeted out, never let Carter Gilmore do anything. And Greg Gard must have saw my Twitter account. Thanks, Gardo. Would appreciate a follow if that's the case that Ebo says. And he said, you know what, Ebo? You're right. Let's go through with this. And they buried the dude on the bench. Kinger says, how did Isaac Gard do? Uh, Isaac Gard was non-existent. He's only uh, in for a blowout one way or the other. Uh, Isaac Lindsay, he was an inactive, and Kamari McGee also inactive as McGee's still fighting off that foot injury. Uh, excited to get him back into the lineup. But yeah, no Isaac Gard, unfortunately. Now, if Bucky was winning by 20, maybe. Just maybe. And maybe you would have seen some Carter Gilmore uh, minutes as well. Yeah. Um... Out of big or not Big Ten, but out of college basketball, some madness as well last night. UConn, the number one team in the country, goes down. College basketball absolutely crazy this year as Creighton beats UConn handily, eighty-five to sixty-six. They're done. Uh, another top five team, Tennessee, they beat Missouri. Number eleven, Baylor goes down. BYU, twenty-fifth in the nation, uh, they beat Baylor seventy-eight to seventy-one. And then one other team fell in the top 25. Uh, number 19, San Diego State got beat. Utah State took them down 68-63. to 63. So a shakeup going to be happening here in the AP Top 25. But yeah, the number one going down. March Madness this year is going to be um, interesting, as it is every year. It's going to be wild because it seems like college basketball will get more and more parity as we keep on trekking on here. And with that parity, you're going to be having a lot of upsets. So once those brackets get coming out here, it's, uh, I think it's going to be madness. I think it's going to be crazy. The question is, uh, for us Wisconsin fans, how far can Badgers or Wisconsin Badgers go in March Madness? If you've got everyone clicking, if you've got everyone doing it, we've seen what they are able to accomplish. That's be sixth in the country and able to hang with the best of them. But if you play some lax- lackadaisy defense... Turnovers were obviously an issue last night for the Badgers as well, but able to uh, uh, get over that. I don't know why the Badgers are coughing the ball up so much, but if you can clamp down a defense, which the Badgers got better at last night, not turn the ball over, and how about this novel concept? Hit your free throws. And then have Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell play. I'm not saying crazy games. I'm just saying be consistent big men. You got Chucky Hepburn filling up the stat sheet like he's doing. Let A.J. Storr slash and get to the rim. I don't think he needs to be shooting too many threes anymore, but slash and get to the rim and let Klesman be confident. The Badgers, a well-rounded team, can make a nice run in the NCAA tournament, and we could be ah, jubilant with the season. And a crazy, crazy season has been so far. From six in the nation again now to others receiving votes, but you got to start somewhere and started last night with that win, 74-70 to 70 over the Maryland Terrapins. All right, I got some comments from Gagard I want to get to. A lot of other cool stuff today. As the Bucks, speaking of the hardwood, the Milwaukee Bucks are in this very intriguing predicament in the All-Star break. So before the All-Star break, they lost, and Doc Rivers blamed a lot of his players for mentally already being in Cabo. Doc Rivers' words. said so they're already on vacation. Giannis Antetokounmpo is standing around wondering, how the hell, uh, what else can I do? How the hell can I get some more help? And then the All-Star break happens. Damian Lillard wins the three-point contest, 
and he wins MVP of the All-Star Game, which, you know, confidence builder, I don't know what much else it would be. All right, so you're thinking to yourself, all right, this All-Star break, we're starting out on a high note, as much of a high note as one can in the All-Star break. You know, cool, our player you know, got a little confidence, winning the three-point contest. Um, so much so that come Sunday in the All-Star game, he's shooting not one but two three-pointers from half court and draining them. And then he wins the MVP. Like You get Damian Lillard a little more confidence. And then after the All-Star game, this week, and it's only, what, Wednesday today, the Bucks are already losing kind of their own PR battle on podcasts. And for some reason, J.J. Reddick now coming after Doc Rivers. Well, I think I know the reason. Uh, the audio, I'll get to it. But the Bucks are self-inflicted, too, here. It's just not J.J. Reddick, a talking head, who is spewing vitriol about Doc Rivers. you got Pat Beverly now uh, on Twitter in a beef. Stop me if you heard that before, Pat Bev in a Twitter beef. Hell, he was in a Twitter beef with Damian Lillard uh, before he was traded here to the Milwaukee Bucks. But Pat Beverly now in a Twitter beef with J.J. Reddick. But then you have Doc Rivers making comments on a podcast, questioning the Bucks ownership. You have Damian Lillard on another podcast, upsetting the apple cart with some people about why he didn't pick his own teammates. I'll explain. I don't think the Damian Lillard thing's that big of an issue. But now, Bucks Twitter is ablaze with people like, oh my God, can you please stop talking on podcasts? The biggest rivalry right now in the NBA is the Milwaukee Bucks and a microphone when someone asks them a question on a podcast. Because this season has been just so bizarre. And now you have Doc Rivers even throwing his hat in the ring, questioning the ownership, talking about Adrian Griffin, saying, you know, that it's, it's a harder time than he thought of turning this Bucks team around. And he also wanted to come after the All-Star break. And then you have Damian Lillard, who's winning some accolades and then saying some things that make him fans scratch their head. You got other players calling out Doc Rivers. You got Pat Beverly taking L's on Twitter as well. It's getting pretty wild out there for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> And it's the all-star break. Think about that. It's the all-star break where, like, nothing happens. The the biggest issue we had was players mentally were already on vacation before the all-star break. And now the Bucks are taking L's off the court but in a podcast room. Uh, we'll get to that on the way. But I do have one good thing of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a new movie has come out about Giannis Adenokounmpo. I got to sit down and interview the uh, Emmy Award-winning uh, Kristen Lapis, who made the movie. So she flew to Greece a couple times, was in Milwaukee, talking one-on-ones with Giannis's family and some old players and coaches. So uh, she sat down with me. I'll play that a little later. Uh, I did it yesterday afternoon. And uh, she also worked on a bunch of ESPN 30 for 30s, a really good filmmaker. So excited to uh, play my interview with Kristen Lapis. We have uh, some Green Bay Packers chatter. That's for damn sure. And good stuff out of spring training for the Milwaukee Brewers as the Brewers had their first full team workout yesterday and some cool clips and some cool comments uh, coming out of that. All right, 608-321-1670, the phone number. Let's go to the phones. Line one, good morning. Who do we got? Eric on I-90. Er, good, Eric on I-90. Good morning, my brother. How's uh, I-90 on this uh, still dark morning? Pretty nice out here today. Bob nine, really. Oh, yeah, baby. That's it's a good place nine. to be, isn't it? You know, did Travis Kelsey... Steal, you got to fight for your right to party from over the line. Did he steal that? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's more evidence that everyone listens to the show, Eric. Yes. Right. He just wanted to be part of the group. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we claim them though. I don't know if we accept them. Kind of bugs me. Yeah. Well, you know these guys that are really, really good and win a lot of games. You know us stat talkers. That's what we are. We're big stat talkers because we're losers. All right. <laughs> we just reminisce about all our statistics. All right. And I could give you Kirk Cousins statistics. Uh, right. Yeah. In this basketball business, but this is. This NBA, um, these guys just can't shut up. And I, we don't need to hear anybody talk about our bucks at all. Let's just listen to some analysis. Analysis. All right? That's where we're going to get the story. <laughs> there might right? be another problem with the Milwaukee Bucks right there, analysis. Right. What kind of what kind of things is he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> he's analyzing. It's out. Of, it's out of hand. I don't think I can go, you know, and start joking about the longest minute on the peacock. It's almost <laughs> too easy. All right, it's just we've gotta, we've gotta look for harder things to. to no, Eric, I love it. Last night, the ba- the Badgers like enter. It's the last minute. Max Klesman hits that three, and then it's like looking at your honey. It's like, honey, I promise you, I'm gonna give you the longest. I'm gonna give you the longest minute of your life, baby. And then it's one minute, but you look at the clock, and 20 minutes have gone by on the cock. It's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, that could be. That would be a world record. Yeah. Probably here. Telling you, right? You know that. I think if you're even watching a porn for like 20 minutes, it's quite a while. <laughs> they don't usually laugh that long, do they? It's like, it's like <laughs> we fast forward here? You know, if you're going 20 minutes, you've had a lot of whiskey old-fashioned. A lot. Or you're going 20. Or that storyline is really intriguing, okay? Or the storyline has just right. got you hook, line, and sinker. It's like, wow, I thought this guy right. was just delivering a pizza. What's happening now? Uh-huh. Right. Uh, man, yeah. th- these, this plumber that came over the pipes must be really clogged. I used to deliver pizzas <laughs> for Happy Joe's. We called it Gay Jose. We called it Gay Jose's. And yeah, happy. None of that ever happened. I never delivered a pizza. And, you know, some funky music started to play. Never happened once. That's a bummer, man. Not once. That's a bummer. Right. I'll tell you that. that stinks. Yeah, I, I wonder if it, how often it, it does actually happen. Because I got to imagine it. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. All this stuff is pretty rare. You know, I watched my first porn the other night. Oh yeah. You know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was a lot. I was a lot younger back then. Um, you know, so. <laughs> and that, that's the end of that story. <laughs> I do follow up questions, but I don't know if I want to. You know, right? Yeah, just well, tell that. See, I watched my first porno last night. And I'm like, wow. That's a conversation. Like I don't know one. if that's a conversation starter or for conversation ender, Eric. Right. Then you tell him I was a lot younger back then. You know, it's just. <laughs> I was like reminiscing, like, what's the first Playboy you've seen? And then you know, like, like Grant Bills. I could ask that to Grant. I guarantee Grant would be like, I've never seen a Playboy. Because it's you know the age. Oh, thing. that's all. That's all we had back in the day. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If you listen, if you could find one of those babies in the ditch, <laughs> where the pages are all wet, <laughs> that was gold. Oh man! Gold, you stashed that away. Oh. Those playboys, 
after you lay in the ditch, somebody left through the ditch, and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 years old, and you find something like that. That thing's like an encyclopedia. It's like the Holy Grail. It's like when Indiana Jones finds like the Holy huge. Grail. Yeah. Right, it's like those books. It's like huge books. You're just like you're Willy just Wonka like, when yeah, you get the golden ticket. You've made it. Right, right. And you stashed that away somewhere. You didn't tell nobody about it. Ooh. You know, and then you... Then you'd get into that reading them forums, and then you'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Eric, take me back. Take me back. It was a much. I, you know what I would love to is take me back to a simpler time pre-internet. Pre-internet was right. a thing of beauty. Like right. it, it's the right. P- Pandora's box has been open. It you know it's never it'll never be closed. You can't Pandora back in the box. Take me back though. If I had a DeLorean, I'd go back to like. Probably like early, late 80s, early 90s, and just live in that range. Yeah. Right. I mean, take me back to when water was free and you had to pay for porn. Take me back. <laughs> not not me porn back. is free and you got to pay for water. What's going right. on? What's going on? What's going on around here? Yeah, it was a better. We all say that. It was just, just everything was better back then. Everything. McDonald's was better. Yeah, they actually use real free. food. They use real food. Now it's all just chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, I could I could do this all day, dude. This is a great conversation. I didn't, I didn't know where it was going, but I like where we ended up. But uh yeah, well you have a great day. I don't really know about the badgers. You know, it just these badgers all this college sports is just effed up, don't you think? It's just effed up. And I, I guess if that's what we gotta look at to keep us occupied then well eric I, I think we already covered it the world is effed up again you got to pay for water and porn is free and back in the day water was free and you got to pay for porn like the world's the world's effed up dude it's everywhere yeah it's a bizarre world it's a bizarre world yeah, every day we'll talk right. to you later <laughs> eric great phone call i don't know what just happened right there well that was an amazing that was an unbelievable phone call uh from eric and i-90 the world is uh definitely an effed up place nevertheless we soldier on. How about the celebrities out in full force at the Cole Center last night? Well, I guess I should say one in particular. Yeah. I just know one. The mayor of Door County was there. Yeah. AJ Cho- Dillon. Chose the school of the people. Yeah. AJ Dillon there <laughs> in attendance. The school of the people for uh, AJ Dillon with A little his odd wife. for the guy who went to BC to choose the non Jesuit school. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some comments from A.J. Dillon. It was pretty cool to see him there. Now, I don't know if he's going to be long for this Packers world. Uh, by the way, franchise tag open for the Packers. I don't think they're going to be franchise tagging anybody. Who's, like, I'm trying to think. Who's the last person they franchised? And that's probably uh, it was, more no, it was Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's right. But before that, it was, that. Before that, it was um, in the, was it the year 2000 or 2001? Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, not 2000. It was 2010, excuse me. It was, the, it was Ryan Pickett. It was 2010. Was... And then it waited till Devonte Adams, so the Packers never really, <laughs> never really franchise tag anyone. But yeah, twenty ten it was defensive tackle Ryan Pickett, and then it was uh, Tay. They've used it five times. They <laughs> yeah, so- used it on Dorsey Levens, Antonio Freeman, uh, Devonte Adams. Who did you just say? Ryan Pickett. And now I gotta find the fifth. <laughs> so yeah, sorry AJ Dillon. I don't think it's happening for you, bro. But. He was at the Cole Center last night. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 
Uh, let's see. I have an audio clip from. I have two. I think. I, I know I have one for sure. Here's uh, AJ Dillon attending you know the Badgers game at the Cole Center. Hey, it's been awesome. It's always great coming down to Madtown. My wife is an alum. Uh, my sister-in-law is a cheerleader. So we're repping uh, Wisconsin cheerleading and the basketball team today. It's great to come down and show support. So I did hear another clip. I forgot to save it. I know you sent me one, RJ. I'll play in a second. But AJ Dillon did say he's been on campus before for a visit. Yeah. He was there for a recruiting visit. Yeah, a recruiting visit. And he said he loves Madison. Yeah. Decided um, to go play for uh, Ron Dane's position coach, though, at BC, uh, Brian White. Yeah. So there, and I mean, he had a great career at BC, obviously. Yeah. Uh, AJ Dillon. He was the most used running back when drafted. The second most used was Jonathan Taylor. Corey Williams Badgers. was the fifth, by the way. Oh, was he? Yeah. So five times the Packers are franchise tag. But, okay, we've seen. Um, and he was traded to the Browns then. <laughs> We've seen athletes. We've seen, yeah, because because Tay then was tagged, but then traded to the Raiders. Right. We've seen athletes and coaches hit up the locker room either before or after for Wisconsin basketball. Yeah. Mike McCarthy gave a pump up speech to the Badger basketball team. Was that in twenty eight? Twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen. Yeah. Before he was fired. Right. Didn't really help out the Badgers then, but it was nice to see Big Mike there because he was like here for the. Uh, American Family Children's Hospital, and then went to the game. Yeah. Um, before that, it was Aaron Rodgers when he globbed onto the Final Four run for the Badgers. He was in the locker room. Because remember when the Badgers were uh, making a big big run, Rodgers was like, I want to get involved in this. Yep. Then you had uh, Illinois' favorite golfer, Andy North. Yep, Andy North was in there. That was nice. Went to Illinois. And then last night, A.J. Dillon. Or no, he went to Florida. Yeah. A.J. Dillon was there last night, uh, giving the, the team a little pump up. This is after the game. <laughs> Yeah. Continue doing what you're doing. You guys have got everything in front of you. I'm a big fan of you guys, supporting every single one of you guys. Uh, we literally watch every single game. Even if we miss it, I watch it back on DVR. So go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. Trust in one another. you got a great culture here. It's got me uh, Coach is doing all the great, all the awesome things. I can tell you I really want to play for him. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Happy to watch y'all ball out. And, uh, yes, sir. Confirmed, A.J. Dillon is a great guard guy. Zach, last night, Badgers get a win. My God, was that like the longest minute ever after Max Klesman hit that three? <laughs> like, we, we had one caller call in and said, I went to bed after Klesman hit that three. And what was it like? What was it like 65 to 60 or something like that when Klesman hit the three? The final score, 74 to 70. What the hell happened at the end of that game? Was it Was it just defensive breakdown for the Badgers or was it just... Maryland hitting crazy shots. I mean, Maryland hit some threes, but Wisconsin, some ridiculous fouls. Um, just like stupid, stupid fouls, which is actually right in line with a lot of what they have uh, done in this, this stretch where they haven't played necessarily great. But uh, why why you're putting anybody at the free throw line, I have no idea. Um, like, let them go to the basket. All right? Just, just let them go. You don't, you don't need to reach. You don't – like John Blackwell fouled out. Um, on a on a stupid foul, Tyler Wall had one where he tried to strip a guy. Like it just doesn't make sense. And when you're up like that, make them make them score while the clock is running, right? Yeah. Like it just it's and by you know doing the free throws, it allows them to set their defense. Like it's it, it, it was just it was really poor. Um, it was really poor. The, the great thing for them, however, was hitting eleven or twelve free throws. So yeah. it, it didn't matter what. Maryland did because Wisconsin, uh, specifically Max Klesman, was uh, money from the line. And so all those...
stupid fouls didn't actually hurt them. But yes, that's that's why that last minute took way too long. And again, Maryland hit some threes, right? So mm-hmm. that also plays a role in it. So what was um? I mean, I'll talk a little bad before we talk some good. Um, what about defensively as a whole for the Badgers outside of that last minute? Uh, a better game than they had previously, or is there still you know obviously there's still issues, but are they trending more in the right direction now after this win over Maryland defensively? Uh- I thought the first half was really good. You know, they looked very good defensively. And again, Maryland has some really good players like Tamir Young and Julian Reese and, and Dante Scott, but they held them to 0.879 points per possession. Anything under one is good for Wisconsin, and they are certainly not holding teams. Like it hasn't been consistent under one at all, but that first half they were at 0.879, and that tells you a lot about what they were doing defensively. That was a really good half defensively. Uh, Maryland certainly had uh, had some shot makers in the second half. They were at 1.3, which not great, but um, that first half I think showed some signs of, of progress. And um, you know, they got some stops, needed stops in the second half, but probably not as consistent as Greg Gard probably wanted. Yeah. What about turnovers? Twelve uh, in the game for the Badgers. What, what were they averaging when they were uh, on their uh, what, what sixth of the nation? Was it like eight turnovers a game? Now twelve is turnovers um, still a, a big issue here for Bucky. Moving forward, so so turnovers have uh, like even when they were playing well, turnovers they had been a little bit looser with the ball than you would expect from a Wisconsin team. But yeah, during this stretch, it was, it was quite bad. This yeah, twelve this time it led to um, it, it led to fourteen points for Maryland. So it's it's not as horrible as as it could have been. But fourteen or, or twelve is, is still too many when the number of possessions isn't as uh, high as you normally would get with, in college basketball because Wisconsin plays at a pace that is relatively slow. Uh, I shouldn't even say relatively slow. It is slow. Um, <laughs> you know, adjusted pace are like in the 300s in the country. So they, what, what you're looking at there is um, not wanting to be in double digits, and uh, they've been in double digits quite a bit. Yeah. So, yes, I, I, think it's, I think it remains. I, look, I, I think it remains an issue, as does they're they're shooting from the outside, right? They mm-hmm. they went they went uh, they shot twenty three percent from from deep. That that continues to be a problem. So some of the same struggles that have plagued them the last six games um, or last seven games popped up again. But because they were so solid defensively in the first half and and got needed stops in the second, they were able to overcome it. Now uh, a win is a win. We love wins. Was it a good win for Wisconsin over Maryland, who's not that great of a team? Was it a good win? For the Badgers, when you go, when you go, f- lose five of six, anyone's a good win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. I think, especially when you're just trying to add up wins and trying to get to, you know, 500 in Big Ten play, and you know, guarantee yourself at least that, and you're still fighting for a first round bye. Anyone's a good win at, at this point. I'd, they, they won one game in February, so yes, uh, I'm going to go with. We uh, go with. Uh, a good win because anyone's a good win. I like that. I like that thinking, Zach. And uh, how about how about Michigan State losing to Iowa? What the hell's going on there, man? The Big Ten's not very good. <laughs> or is it? Or is there a lot of parody, Zach? The Big Ten's not very good. <laughs> right? Like look at look at Joe Lenardi. He's got he's got six teams in the in the tournament right now, and that included Michigan State. Um, Iowa obviously has quite a bit of. Yeah, they're they're probably going to need to make quite the run here down the stretch to get in. That's going to be the same case for a lot of the a lot of the teams in the Big Ten. There's very little. Uh, I, I, we, in, yes, any team can beat anybody. If you want, if you want to talk parity, any team can beat anybody. No one's winning on the road these days. 
We saw Purdue go in and lose at Ohio State. Yeah. So but I just don't think the Big Ten is very good. And um, the people that put together the, the brackets and their mock brackets would, I think, would uh, would agree with that based on how they are, uh, how they have the number of teams. in. I mean, six is very, very, a very, very small number for the Big Ten. Yeah, well, hell, I mean, Creighton spanked the living hell out of UConn number one last night. That was um, a hell yeah. of a game, too. So, I mean, they knocked the stops off them. Creighton's also 15. Yeah, that's so. that's true. Uh, there'll be a shakeup, too, because what uh, BYU beat Baylor, who was a 25-11 matchup, and San Diego State was 19th. They lost to Utah State. I don't know. Um, could we see the Badgers sneaking back into the – yeah? Here's the thing. Like, I think the, the NCAA terms can be fascinating. Same. There's, there's not, a, like, a dominant team. There's a, there's a lot of solid teams, but there's no, like, amazingly great team that's going to run away with this thing. Like, the 2015 Badgers <laughs> would be, like, an overwhelming favorite to win the title this year. I, I firmly believe that. And actually, probably most years since uh, since that year, they just happen to be playing in the same year as two other really great teams in Duke and Kentucky. But, like, the, it's not – there's not a great team out there that, oh, my God, they're going to be impossible to beat. There's, there's just not. Yeah. Uh, Zach Halpern. So it should be exciting. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, you know, I opened the show at six o'clock talking about how you know the March Madness can be pretty wild. Uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, um, you look at this game. How about that dunk from AJ Store? Uh, a couple of people saying dunk of the year. How so sick was that, dude? Oh my god! It was like if he goes if he goes right, does he get blocked? Maybe. So he goes left and just he ends it on him. That was insane. He's he's had some ridiculous uh, ridiculous dunks this year, but that one. That one may be at the top. Yeah. It may be at the top for sure. I, look, the uh, the thing about him though is is he made <laughs> he took that three pointer, turned the ball like you know he turned the ball over. Great guard, at least I think we can uh, we can say accountability is, is starting to show up maybe a little bit. Um, AJ AJ Store got pulled a couple of times because of um, decision making and, and that type of thing. So I guess accountability at least with one guy. Is there. Well, I'm going to ask you about accountability. Two players um, on the bench. One never got off the bench. Yeah. One coming off the bench was great. I'll start with one that didn't get off the bench. Carter mm. Gilmore absolutely buried at the end of the bench. Didn't even see the floor. Um, what's going on there? It's just lack of you know play on the court when when it needed for Carter Gilmore. So after the Iowa game, guard said he was going to give some guys other opportunities because they need more consistency behind Tyler Wall. And we, I think we could all. Agree with that. We all saw that pretty much all year. Now, um, earlier in the year, Greg Gard said people don't understand what Carter Gilmore brings to us. People, only people that understand basketball understand what he brings to us. Um, I think he's, <laughs> he's seeing that there are some other things that um, obviously Mark Silver has come along. Right? He, he has come along to the point where he's playing physical. He was. He seems solid defensively. And he certainly can shoot. He didn't shoot it very well. He didn't shoot it well last night, but he can shoot, which is a huge, a huge change from what Carter Gilmore, uh, when, when he's on the floor, he won't shoot. So that I think that is, that's why Marcus got more playing time. And I don't think he did anything last night that should, should suggest that he shouldn't continue to get those minutes. Um, he has a much higher upside than, than Carter Gilmore. And, uh, when Carter's turning the ball over like he did, like he has. There's just no reason to play him. Yeah, and then Zach coming off the bench. How about John Blackwell? Oh, the future's pretty bright for this kid, isn't it? It is. That that injury kind of slowed him a little bit, right? And then he uh, was so good to start the year. Uh, but last night, especially his aggressiveness and getting to the basket and getting to the foul line, he went seven and eight from the from the uh, the foul line. He had another great layup, um, reverse layup. But 
was was clutch in the moment. And so, yeah, he was great last night. And then defensively, they could use him a little bit on Jameer Young, give Chucky a little bit of a break. So it was, yeah, he's he's a vital piece. And certainly not just this year, but moving forward. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Dillon in the stands, Zach. And then afterwards came in and gave a little pump-up talk to the Badgers. Turns out A.J. Dillon said he's a guard fan and wants to play for Greg Guard. What, you, what, what kind of what position would A.J. Dillon have on the court? It's ridiculous. Uh, not a serious well, he, question, he, So he, he sent out the picture, right? That, that It looked like he was like on the baseline and uh, like with the photographers, he wasn't, of course, but it kind of looked like he was. That's kind of where the photographers sit. So, I mean, that's great that AJ Dillon was was very excited about being at Wisconsin. It probably, it, I don't know if it's his first game, but it might be his last. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> seeing, as, seeing as he is a uh, a free agent, and it doesn't seem likely he'll be back. So, at least he's getting, at least he's finishing. The uh, the bingo card for being a Wisconsin resident. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the. Uh, we were running down the list of all the the players or coaches that were in the locker room. So AJ Dillon, I know Aaron Rodgers was there for the Final Four run uh, a couple times. Yeah. You had Mike McCarthy there in 2018 before he was fired. That didn't work the greatest for the Badgers either. Uh, Andy <laughs> Andy North was in there. Any other names you can think of? That all, were in, huh? Andy North always there. Always there. He yeah. travels. Usually travels with yeah. them. Um, in terms of guys that like. Came, I can't, I can't think of any more. Like yeah, I can't think of any more. Yeah, I don't, uh, doesn't I matter. Nothing. Doesn't matter. I got nothing. And then Zach, um, speaking of Wisconsin, but for uh, college football, um, are we possibly going to be talking about a Wisconsin team making the college football playoffs? Finally, the unanimously approving uh, a model, so it's five plus seven. What do you think of the expansion, the twelve-team field that will have the what the the five? Uh, highest ranked conference champions and the next seven highest ranked teams coming in for the playoffs. Are we going to be talking about them making the college football playoff? I don't know what, what year. Well, we I mean, it's, it's, it, it makes it a little easier. It opens it up a little bit. Right? Are we talking about 2025? What are we talking about? No, uh, I mean, that's kind of the plan that all along, right. That was always going to be the case. So yeah, that, uh, the thing is, I don't think it's settled beyond the next two years and that should be interesting. They still haven't figured that out and, and what exactly the, the money looks like. But yes, uh, it's, it's nice to know that it's finally actually in place and, and, and finalized the, the details for something that's going to be happening in a few months. Is the Rose Bowl dead? I mean, because they're, they're talking about, you know, taking away the, the, uh, the contracts with all those premier spots and like there's not a really Pac 12 anymore. Is the, is the Rose Bowl? Is it, is it? The Rose Bowl is always going to mean something. It just won't mean a Big Ten champion facing a Pac 10 champ or a Pac, yeah, a Pac 12 champion. So that, that the Rose Bowl still going to be special no matter what. I don't know why why it wouldn't be. I, I, like I understand it's not it's not the same history yeah. as it's always been. But like when Wisconsin goes out there and plays in the Rose Bowl, assuming they they do at some point, um, it's still going to be magical. It's just not going to be uh, usually probably not going to be a Pac-12 opponent, but it's going to be a huge game because it's going to be a playoff game. Yeah, Zach, and uh, before I let you go, and thanks for joining us uh, this morning, um, you got something coming up here at 9 o'clock, a new swing coming out with Jesse Temple. You guys got another guest on there. You want to tell the folks what it is you guys got cooking today? Yeah, we got Jordan. We got former Wisconsin All-American guard Jordan Taylor. He's jumping on with us. He actually uh, still playing, still playing over in London. I think he, play, he plays on the same team as Sam Decker over in London. So he's getting up there, but he has kind of started his media career a little bit too. He's got a podcast uh, um, with Josh Gosser talking Wisconsin basketball. So 
he's, I felt like he was a, a really good guest. He had a great career at Wisconsin. He knows, obviously, what's going on with the Badgers now, and can't wait to talk to him coming up here in about 45 minutes. Awesome. Oh, I had one last thing for you. I just, I just jogged my memory. How excited are you, Zach, speaking of college football, Wisconsin football, that you don't have to go to Ryan Field. You don't have to go to Evanston. You could see Northwestern looking like going to play Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. How stoked are you for that? There has not been better news this year that uh, <laughs> that a trip to Chicago is, is not needed this year to watch Wisconsin football have to play Northwestern. Uh, it's bad enough when it's Evanston. Even worse, probably, when it had to be at one of these stadiums, these other stadiums that Northwestern is going to be playing in. But if they end up playing at Lambeau Field, that's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. That is nice. Zach, thank you so much for your time. Can't wait for the swing to come out. You, Jesse, and uh, Jordan Taylor are going to be awesome. And then we'll check you out tomorrow as well, 6-7 to 7 at Monks in Sun Prairie, you handsome man. You. Thanks. Thanks for your time, Zach. Thank, thank you very much, sir. You're the man. See you, buddy. Bye. There is our sports director, Zach Halpern. <laughs> Yesterday... Uh, after the show, so Kristen Lapis, who is an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, she's doing some radio tours because her movie is out now, Giannis the Marvelous Journey, on Prime Video. Now, uh, it was a pre-recorded interview. She was doing a radio tour. Sometimes they don't line up. Would love to have her live. But with the, yeah, the, the circuit that she was doing, that doesn't always jive with the schedule. So after the show yesterday, I was able to sit down. Uh, she phoned in from New York, and we talked about her film out there, about Giannis Dendekumbo's journey. Uh, I thought it was very interesting, and I suggest everyone go watch that film, again, on Prime Video. So here is my interview with Kristen yesterday. Take a listen. All right, welcome in. We, as Bucks fans here in Wisconsin, know the name, albeit it may have taken a while to say his name correctly in Giannis Adendokounmpo after he was drafted, but some may not know his story. Very excited to welcome in Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Kristen Lapis. First of all, good morning, and thank you for joining me to talk about your film, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, which is now streaming on Prime Video. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. I'm finally, you know, it's finally out in the world. It's been a couple of years in the making, so I'm excited that people get to actually watch it now. I'm very excited. I'm actually really jealous, too, of your trips to Greece, which i got to ask you about. But first, you know, as a filmmaker, when you looked into the story of Giannis and his family, how unbelievable for you was this tale of a kid from basically nothing in Greece to a meteoric rise here in the NBA with the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost fictional, as, as as everyone in Milwaukee knows. It doesn't feel like a real story. Uh, it's been told, the broad strokes of the story are out there, obviously, but, like, for me, what was fascinating about this project and what got me so excited was the ability to sit the family down for long-form on-camera interviews, which they had never done, and allowing them to tell the story in their own words, which... Um, opened up, I feel like, just a whole new um, window into what they've experienced and, and their, and their you know, their journey. Yeah, the journey for it, I mean, I was checking out the trailer, absolutely incredible, and you're talking about the first-person accounts for the collective journey. Can you speak on, like, his family, what it was like for them to see their son kind of bring them from where they were to where they are now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because when you haven't done a ton of interviews, like his mom has really never done an interview before. Um, she's so refreshing to talk to because it's not like she has these like sound bites ready. It's like, she's never told the story. So it's like, it's all new. And it was like, I was on the seat, like the edge of my seat speaking with her and, and hearing about what it was like for her coming from Nigeria, 
raising four boys as an undocumented family and fearing that they, you know, could get deported at any moment. And then finally having her son pick up a basketball and changing their family's life. Um, she feels such a sense of pride and it just beams, you know, it, it beams out of her, um, just her sense of pride for her son. And again, it was just, it was really cool to hear the, the stories. Like, you know, she told a funny story about how when Giannis signed his first um, European contract and it was like only for $20,000 or something like that, he shows up to the, to the, uh, to the apartment and he's like, mom, dad, take all your stuff and, and put it in the moving truck. We're going to get out of here. And they were like, we don't want to take anything. Like we want to leave this whole life in the past. And, and they just, they just got up, they left everything they had and they, and they started over. So uh, hearing from her was a really an amazing experience. Yeah, it is incredible, really. And, you know, is the story true that Giannis was sharing shoes with his brother? I don't want to give too much away of Giannis the Marvelous Journey, but is it true that they were sharing shoes growing up playing basketball? Yes, it, it was. And actually, we we cut that scene very last minute out of the um, out of the film for timing purposes, but he and Thanasis, his older brother, would actually be at the gym and one of them would go into a game and then he would get subbed out. He would give his shoes to Giannis and Giannis would get subbed in. <laughs> and Giannis says this, that his, his brother Thanasis has much smaller feet than him. So he had to like cram his foot into this, this shoe that was too small for him. Um, and the really cool thing about, you know, coming full circle this past weekend at the NBA all-star game, um, we had a big premiere for the movie and Giannis and his family attended and they released um, their new Nike shoe that's called Thanks for Sharing. And it's the, the shoe is based on um, the, the pair of shoes that, that Thanasis and, and Giannis used to share growing up, which is super cool that they now have a, a Nike shoe dedicated to that. Yeah, that is a great story. Um, how much did the passing of Giannis's father not only affect him, but also his family? I'm sure it was a lot of heartbreak. But did that give uh, him more passion and more desire to continue on with his great career? Oh, he, he would say, and his whole family would say that that was a, a defining moment in their life. Um, it impacted Giannis as a player, as a man. It honestly pushed him to become a father. Um, he obviously has three kids now. But, you know, that was a really uh, powerful and emotional moment in the, in the doc when Giannis had this realization that he just lost somebody that was, you know, his whole life. And when you experience that, there's really nothing left to fear. And so when you don't fear anything, you can go and conquer anything. And his NBA career really took off after that. I mean, he says it. He says the difference between a coward and a hero is how you handle fear. And I had nothing to fear after my dad passed because, you know, the worst had happened to my family. And I was able to just excel. And I think that's a really powerful message. How was your time in Greece? Because I'm curious to how from Giannis goes to Greece to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he fights off, you know, the big lights of L.A. doesn't want to be out there. The big lights of New York. He's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I have a question for you personally. Have you been to Milwaukee? And if so, how does it stack up to being in Greece? <laughs> yeah, we, we shot, I think, 25 days in Greece. And we shot like 12 days in Milwaukee. So we definitely spent a lot of time in both places. Um, very, very different, but I, I definitely get why Giannis um, loves both both cities. Uh, you know, Greece, it was it was amazing to shoot there. He obviously spends his off seasons there. Uh, he has a home for his family there, and 
he's really comfortable and, and, and at ease when he's not in, in season. So that's why we chose to do a lot of the filming in Athens because, you know, he's more relaxed in the off season. Um, but honestly, I, I had not spent a lot of time in Milwaukee until we made this movie. And it's one of my favorite places in the U S now. Like, and I'm not just saying that it, it has like a small town vibe and everyone's super warm and welcoming. And I get it. I get why Giannis and his family have made it home and have decided to stay there. Uh, Kristen, uh, I have to ask you on this before I let you go. And again, thank you so much for your time. I'm very excited to uh, have our listeners all check this out. So Giannis Dendekumbo, I was talking about this yesterday morning, the most likable athlete I think I have uh, ever covered or experienced in all of Wisconsin sports or any major league um, you know, sports entity. I know you had some interviews from what Jason Kidd, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, well, you have Vin Baker on there. Did anyone have any bad thing to say about Giannis Adenakumbo? Because I think it might be impossible. <laughs> um, you know, they did not not negative, but you know, there was some interesting moments where they talked about he has such high expectations for himself, and he's such a high uh, you know high performer and a hard worker that he demands the same thing from his teammates. And it's sometimes frustrating when maybe somebody is working as hard as they can work, but it's not to the level that he's working. And um, they, they said that the, like just that pressure of trying to live up to what he wants people to be for him can be hard. Um, that was probably the most negative thing I guess somebody <laughs> said. It's not really even negative. No. <laughs> it's more of like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, last question for you. Okay, so when Giannis, it was 50 years in the making the last time the Bucks won a championship, uh, Giannis scores 50 points, and then he goes and orders 50 nuggets. Could Kristen Lampus eat 50 nuggets in honor of Giannis and Nakumbo, or would that be too much food? Oh, my gosh. I would like to try to attempt that. I'm a big Chick-fil-A person, but I don't know if I could get to 50. <laughs> <laughs> it would be tough. I well, love that video, though. I that, that video is epic. <laughs> it, it is so great. Well, Kristen, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and I uh, suggest everyone go to Prime Video and check out Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. Uh, it's going to be a great view. And thank you so much for putting this all together and putting the path of just a remarkable story for a remarkable human being. Thank you so much for your time, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, there she is, Kristen Lapis. Again, Prime Video. You can check out Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. As uh, a cool just... You know, get to know Giannis if you don't know the story of him. Which, if you're a Bucks fan or a Wisconsinite, I think you, I think you know the story. But it goes really in depth for the first time ever. You're going to have first person accounts, uh, like she said, his mother, for example, has never really given one before, and you get that with uh, Giannis and his family and a bunch of players and coaches and, and entities also from the NBA.